What's up, everybody? Hello and welcome to the first ever episode 57 of the Best Seats Podcast, the only podcast bringing you interviews with some of the most talented people in and around the Southern California hospitality industry from right here in Orange County to the rest of Southern California and beyond each and every episode. I'm your host, Crawford McCarthy, founder of The Best Seats. Thank you, as always, to my friend, Allie Coyle, who provides the music for the show. You can find her work at AllieCoyleMusic.com. And I'm proud to say that she will be on an upcoming episode. I was finally able to lock her down, so you'll be able to hear all about her. But we got another guest that we got to focus on. But first, as a reminder, if you enjoy the show, please be sure to leave a rating and or a review wherever you are listening to it. It helps other folks discover it as well. You can go to thebestseats.com for more content just like this. And don't forget that you could have had early ad-free access by going to patreon.com forward slash thebestseats and signing up at a monthly amount that makes the most sense for you. Maybe you already did that. Maybe you're listening to this early right now. I don't know. But either way, it's a great episode, number 57. This is going to be one of those beyond ones. We're getting outside of Southern California because I was humbled, proud, and very excited to sit down on a little Zoom call with Nick Hogan, co-founder of Mover and Shaker Coat, your number one stop for spirited apparel for the bar. You are in cocktail industry, whatever you need. They are the definitive destination in my mind to make apparel for bartenders, by bartenders, everything in and around the craft cocktail hospitality industry. They just make great stuff. You've probably seen me wearing some of their shirts. Um, full disclosure, up until this podcast, I was buying all my apparel from them. They were nice enough to send me a care package. So you may see some of that stuff as well. But I'm a huge fan of what they do. The way that I look at Mover and Shaker Co. is like a sports team. When you're a fan of a sports team, you want to represent your town. You want to represent who you root for. What do you do? You go buy a jersey. You go buy a t-shirt. You go buy a hat for your team. In the bartending community, which is a very, very small world, especially the craft cocktail side of things, how do you do that? How do you show solidarity with those kind of niche things, those inside jokes, those references, those items that you know you and your friends behind the bar on a busy Friday, Saturday service know about and smile about? How do you show that pride? Well, Mover and Shaker Co. is the way to do that. They develop t-shirts, they do barware, they do partnerships. They've got one right now with Bartender at Large. They're about to come out with their Negroni Week stuff. Whenever you're listening to this, that may already be out. So be sure to go snag up some of that apparel while you can. It's basically a way just to show pride and support the community. Um, you know, Nick has been doing this with his partner. They founded it you know, several years ago. They're based out of Florida. So obviously we couldn't do this one in person, but it's a really, really cool episode. This is definitely one of those kind of outside of the hospitality industry, but very much involved in the hospitality industry interviews. And it's one that I was very humbled to sit down with. Um, when Nick reached out and offered to be on the show, to say that I was fired up was an understatement. So I hope that you get something out of this. Um, I hope that you'll go to Mover and Shaker Co. and support them, especially if you are fascinated in cocktails or the bar industry at all. If you need barware, if you need to do custom stuff, they will work with brands and do custom pins, clothing, potentially things like that. You'll have to reach out to them for more information, but definitely go give them a look. I hope you will enjoy this episode. This is a really, really fun one. Number 57 of the Best Seats Podcast, co-founder of Mover and Shaker Co., Nick Hogan. Enjoy. Um, good, man. How are you? Good. You ready to jump on in? Sure. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Nick, thank you so, so much for taking the time, man. I, this is really fun for me because I'm a huge mover and shaker co fan. Um, you guys are kind of one of those guests that as a company, I always kind of hoped 
would get on the show. I never really thought that it would happen. So the fact that it is, is huge for me. Uh, for people who may not be familiar with what you guys do, though, would you mind kind of introducing yourself and giving a background for the company a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I started bartending, man, probably seven years ago um, here. I live in Jacksonville, Florida, which is northeast Florida. I started bartending at a place called Oddbirds in St. Augustine. Um, and I started Mover and Shaker uh, four years ago. So I kind of had this idea, um, you know, I think as a bartender, you're kind of looking at creating ways to brand yourself. Um, the natural progression is to kind of take into competing and that's the traditional avenue, um, which I, I definitely did. I, I started doing competitions. My dog's popping in and being super loud. One second. <laughs> no worries. I don't know if I can wrestle that away from him. Um, so I started competing and, and uh, did pretty well. And um, I started to kind of want to make apparel and I had a really good friend who was um making shirts at the time. So I didn't want to kind of bite off what he was doing. So, um, I started doing the enamel pins. Um, and you know, at first it was just like literally going to be me, uh, going to my friends and, and making these pins and just giving them out. But everybody was so excited about them and, and through Facebook that I realized there was kind of something there. Um, and I was in the beginning, I was just kind of like hand selling them and, eventually made a website and then kind of an Instagram to match. And, uh, it just went from there. So basically the concept behind it was, you know, I think we all as bartenders know about the Fernet coin and they have this like really cultish following with, um, everybody wants that coin, but there's only a super limited amount. Yeah. So I kind of took that idea and I was like, you know, what if I was making stuff that had that demand? but you know, any of us could just go buy it, but it showed that you were kind of part of this community. Um, and you know, the way I did that was just taking things that are really iconic to craft bartenders and, and tying them into pop culture. Um, and in the beginning days and still now, you know, it's a lot of parody stuff and, and, um, just stuff that I think is funny puns, stuff like that. Um, and it, it kind of worked out and just snowballed into what it is today. I mean, I, I'm a massive fan of what you guys do. I'm a huge supporter of the craft bar industry. I have a lot of friends who are craft bartenders, bartenders in general. It, the way that you conceptualize your stuff, you know, you mentioned it's kind of parody stuff. It, it's play on words. It's fun. It's crafty. Not to, you know, kill that pun, but how do you come up with your designs on a kind of day-to-day -day basis? And how does that creative process work? Yeah, that's a, a very interesting question. Um, honestly, in the beginning, like I said, it was a lot of just like puns. So I would just like, I remember in the beginning, I mean, a lot of the stuff comes from like what people say at a bar and I'd obviously have a lot of people come to me with like, you know, different ideas or like different things like guests say. So a lot of what we do is kind of like, you know, it's very community driven where like, you know, I want people to feel like they are part of mover and shaker because at the end of the day, like I'm still just a bartender brand ambassador, very much involved in the community. And I want everybody to kind of like take a little bit of pride in mover and shakers. So like they are part of the company. Um, but that being said, yeah. In the, in the early days, like I just had all these like puns and phrases built up and um, you know, I write them down in my notes in my iPhone. But like, I remember just like, I'd be going to bed and I just, my head is racing with ideas and I just wake up and write them down. Um, like, 
you know, for example, like the Dak to the Future pin, it's just the DeLorean from Back to the Future with uh, a little snackery next to it. So it's just like kind of silly little ideas like that that, you know, I think are funny and hope that other people like appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and luckily, you know, people do because I think, um, you know, our market is kind of underserved because what you're getting is a lot of like, you know, a lot of the swag that we were getting before was like free stuff that brands are making mm-hmm. and, you know, brands, unfortunately there's a lot of hoops that they jump through to create stuff. And they're working with a lot of agents, like big agencies and those people, the agencies aren't bartenders, you know, yeah. they may be creative, they may be awesome graphic designers, but you know, they may just <laughs> Google like top 10 cocktails and then that's, you know, what they're going off. They're, they're not, working behind the bar, hearing what, you know, guests are saying to bartenders. So I wanted to make that like very personal. And honestly, like I said, like a lot of the stuff is just stuff that like makes me laugh. And I'm just hoping that other people kind of have that experience and and kind of understand the way that I'm seeing things. Well, bartending is a very small world. A lot of people know each other. I mean, again, like I think the top 100 for, um, I don't remember what it was, the, the top 100 list of like influential people in the bartending community just came out at the time that we're recording this. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people that you look, you're like, oh shit, I know them. Oh, I know them. I, I think what you guys do is interesting because you at Mover and Shaker, and there's other companies that do it as well, but I'm obviously biased towards Mover and Shaker. It's almost kind of like being able to get a team jersey for your favorite sports team. What you guys do is you kind of give people a voice to identify with what they do professionally. You know, this, this, you know, I've, I've listened to you on other podcasts most recently, uh, bartender at large with Eric Castro for anybody that's listening who doesn't subscribe, please go do that one. It's one of the best out there. You know, this podcast focuses on all aspects of the industry, craft bartending. It's kind of a niche one. What drove you to basically pick a small market to try and launch a business? And then from there be what can only be seen as kind of wildly successful with it. I mean, I see people all over rocking the pins, the shirts, the hats. I mean, we're recording this. It's an audio podcast, but I've got on the, you know, make tequila mezcal again hat. Yeah. What kind of drove you to just look at your kind of peers and be like, I'm just going to do this for y'all. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of the beauty is that it was so small because, um, you know, kind of like everything I've, you know, really done. And, and sorry, I don't mean to say that, like, I did all of this. I, I definitely had a business partner, Matt Shale, who did it like his fair share of work. Um, I appreciate him a lot. And he's, he's gone on to other ventures and my girlfriend, Shannon helps out with a ton of stuff. I could never do it without either of them. And obviously all the supporters over the years. Um, but you know, it's not like I ever, or, or we ever just like sat down and wrote a business plan or like, Hey, this is, you know, the path that we're going to take to get from point A to point B. It was always just like, like, wow, you know, we're going to make something Wow, it works, you know, we're going to make another thing and then just kind of snowballed, which is incredible. But to your point, um, you know, it was really always like serving that community, but also, you know, we put our personality in it. So mm-hmm. I am very involved in, you know, camp run amok. I, I was going to every cocktail, convention, you know, before COVID, obviously, um, I made sure to, you know, say hey to every single person, meet every single person. And and that was all genuine. Like I love, love our community. I love all these people. I want to know what they're doing. I want to be involved in, in what they're doing, their brands, their bars. Um, you know, I make sure to go to every single bar I can when I'm in those cities. Um, I think it's very important because, you know, we are so small and we're kind of like, 
the little guys in, in COVID definitely, unfortunately, proved that. So we have a lot of work to do. Um, and it's tricky because, you know, we've grown so much, but still it's just, it's really just two people at the end of the day. So I don't have millions of dollars behind me. You know, it's, it's, it's just us. And, and I think I talked in, in Castro's podcast, I really started the company with like literally a couple of days worth of tips just to make, you know, a few sets of pins and, and, um, pretty much just put all the money we've made back into a bank account so we can do bigger and bigger projects. And that's still true today. So everything is just investing into this company. And, um, you know, I've bartended, I I'm a brand ambassador for angels envy. So I do those things still on the side to make sure that we can kind of have this community together. And, um, I think it just boils down to like how like niche it is, but we're also just staying true to that. So like, you know, I'm not here to exploit like our community. It's here to serve the community and vice versa. So you talked about the obvious elephant in the room, which is COVID and the shutdown that happened. You know, the, the save restaurants tag was going around, uh, people pushing, lobbying for kind of support from, you know, Congress and things like that. But the bar industry especially got devastated, I think, so much harder, you know, especially out here, you know, this podcast records out in California, um, just like Castro's. And obviously, you know, he owns bars down in San Diego, Polite Provisions, who if anybody has not go, please, it's one of my favorite around Um, to be on the sidelines for part of that, you know, you have this thriving community, building apparel, you know, allowing people to kind of show their love and find humor in the craft and, you know, put a smile on their face. What was 2020 like for you guys? Obviously you mentioned you still bartend, but from the mover and shaker kind of perspective of it, what was it like kind of business wise and and just kind of being just sidelined and watching it all last year? Sure. Yeah. That's a definitely a loaded question. And, you know, it's really tricky. Um, You know, just personally, like my family, we're very fortunate. Like I don't know anybody who had any serious um, issues so, you know, a lot of people did and I, I sympathize and, and, you know, we were very fortunate to make it out. Okay. Um, not to say that it's, it's totally over, but, um, yeah, it was, it was really tricky in the beginning. I remember, um, when the lockdowns happened, uh, we, this was when Matt was still my business partner. We were like, you know, buckle up. This may be uh, pretty bad. Yeah. And I remember, I think like the first like week, literally like sales flatline. Cause I think everybody freaked out, you know, nobody knew what was going to happen. And then, um, kind of fortunately, you know, just the nature of online sales in general, just like blew up because everybody's stuck at home. So, you know, we were fortunate and and we did kind of sustain what we were doing, which is, was awesome. Um, but that being said, you know, I kind of took that time that, you know, quote unquote downtime to do the things that, you know, previously I'd been traveling like three, four times a month, to different cocktail conventions, um, different places to, like I said, you know, meet people. Um, so being kind of stuck at home was like nice to take care of what I need to do at home, which we set up kind of like our office space here in Jacksonville, Mm -hmm. uh, which gave us a chance to the mock bar that we have the foes for Instagram content. Um, and then obviously handle our fulfillment. So we've grown like substantially just in terms of our online store. Um, so we're able to do all that, but, um, 
just like on a personal note, I mean, I, there are so many things that happened last year that were incredibly difficult. Um, just from a stress standpoint. And I think they're all things that like, you don't like really know how to handle because we've never seen anything like this, especially, you know, that in conjunction with the social issues and, you know, I'm very vocal. My girlfriend's very vocal about Mm -hmm. how we feel. Um, but it's like, as a small business, like, how do you, you know, how do you talk about those issues and how does our industry talk about those issues? I think, um, is very interesting. And it was, it was, it was just interesting to see what happened. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think everybody like dealt with it in a different way. And, um, for me, even still, it's really tricky because like, you know, I feel like our scene got deflated, you know, there was no innovation for a whole year, year and a half. And it's like, you know, bums me out a little bit. It's like, what do we do? And, you know, how do we get that back? And will we get that back? You know, it's just, it's almost like a rebuilding phase. And, uh, yeah, it's tricky. I mean, like, obviously, I'm still very enthusiastic about our scene. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's hard when every day you see, you know, your your favorite bar shuts down or somebody's got to move or, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you talked about the innovation aspect. I mean, there were multiple. I mean, I, I don't think I, I probably have about 10,000 screen caps on my phone just from 2020, you know, watching nightclub, you know, nightcap close in New York and, and thousands of other bars. I have no doubt took hits, you know, I, I, obviously we don't have time to, to name all the people that lost, unfortunately their businesses now, but from the innovation standpoint, craft cocktails have been on such a massive rise the past 10 years. You know, I have friends that are not industry people. They're just, you know, acquaintances and stuff like that. And two years ago they would be the Tito soda person, but now they're ordering, you know, New York sours and stuff like that, or, asking me for specs on a margarita or there was a big and major growth and we were hitting such kind of a big, big, big push. And then COVID just paused everything in its tracks, you know, from somebody who's been in this industry a long time and, you know, has a very big insider's knowledge. Where do you think kind of the craft cocktail scene is going to push to in these next couple of years? Yeah. See, that's the thing is, you know, you're kind of on this, it's almost like a roller coaster beforehand where you're seeing like, you know, obviously we kind of went through like our pretentious cocktail days. And then I feel like it got a little like overplayed. So people kind of toned it back to more of the fun days. And I think that's something that kind of, I wanted to push a lot with mover and shaker was, you know, bartending should not be taken like super seriously. I like if obviously if you've seen like, you know, blue cocktails, kind of right now it's like long Island iced teas. I mean, kind of trying to destigmatize some of these cocktails and just make it like we're bartenders. Like we're just here to make sure people have a good time. Like we don't need to take this so seriously. Uh, Miami vices were another big one. We were kind of like, we made some designs with. Um, so I think that's definitely something that's always going to play through like with stuff that you see us posting on social media or, or merch, obviously, um, you know, I, something that's also really important to me and Shannon, um, I quit drinking about two and a half years ago, kind of due to like mover and shaker. I just got so busy and I needed like a hundred percent productivity mm-hmm. on my days off and on my days on, um, that I just couldn't afford like hangover 
hangovers anymore. I started getting really bad hangovers. So, um, well, there's also that, that that magical thing that happens as soon as you turn 30, all of a sudden you're like, Oh, just a Gatorade and I'll be fine. And then no, you turn 30 and now you're just gone for like four days. Dude. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was like two or three day hangovers. I was like, I can't deal with this anymore. And unfortunately the only answer for my body was just, just completely cut it out. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I'm not the person to say like, nobody's to drink. That's not what I'm getting at. But I think, I think it's an important conversation to have. And I think, I think, you know, unfortunately brands are kind of the people that pave, they don't pave the way, but they help us get to where we need to be. So mm-hmm. we need to make our voices as bartenders and consumers, um, amplified. And then those brands, kind of take note because they need to make money. So they're going to follow suit. So if we can, you know, be heard and, you know, if it's through social media, since that's kind of the thing right now, you know, so be it. But I want to do stuff that's important to me and important to our scene because we all love bartending. If you want to be a bartender when you're 40, 50, 60 years old, you know, at some point you're going to have to, tone it down. And, you know, I think a lot of the trends are, are going in the right way as far as like low ABV spirit free cocktails, yeah. uh, like non-alcoholic spirits, stuff like that. Um, so I think that's very important. And then we're also a way, like we are the gatekeepers and community or, uh, communicators to our community. So if everybody's knowledgeable in our scene and we can kind of explain why these things are important to consumers, Um, that's super helpful. So if, you know, maybe mover and shaker is kind of working with people like seed lip or, you know, some of these other NA spirits and we can make it digestible for bartenders who make it digestible for consumers. I think that's very important because I kind of feel like we're almost that buffer between brands and, and the bartenders, or at least that's what I'd like to be seen as. No, I, I, I completely. Well, it's time for a little commercial, yeah. The last year provided so many challenges for restaurant owners. Now that they're finally getting a chance to open their doors again to the public, it can only be an exciting thing. However, some of those challenges still remain, like hiring new staff after having to let go of them for almost an entire year. That's where Hire Lilo comes in, custom-built from the ground up, by hospitality professionals, Hire Lilo is your destination for restaurant hiring. Applicants can create resumes on the site, set up meetings, use the virtual messaging system to communicate with potential hirees, and more. Restaurants also have a multitude of options to choose from, including selecting mandatory shifts for specific positions, and more. The website is easy to use and is a perfect build-out for the hospitality industry. None of the other fancy stuff are trying to compete with every other industry on the planet for new hires. As I said, it is hospitality specific, making it your destination for hiring. Using the promo code Stay Strong, all one word, you can create a free job posting today and start to fill those hiring voids. Hire Lilo provides on site help. They'll sit down and make sure that your restaurant is set up and properly ready to go and that you can utilize all the features Hire Lilo offers. To learn more or to create an account and get job posting now, go to hirelilo.com. That's H I R E L I L O. Dot com. Once again, that's HireLilo.com. If you listen to the best seats at all, or read the content, then you know the motto, live well and often. But what does it mean? In layman's terms, it's trying to give you the best products, places, 
experiences, and more, so you can put a big smile on your face every single day. Amass Botanics is what I use on my back bar constantly if I need a cocktail or a quick pick-me-up. Any of their other botanical products, like candles, hand sanitizer, and more, also helps to set the mood. Now, I'm a big fan of everything that Amass does. I have been since day one when they launched their trademark gin, and everything they've done since then has been nothing short of excellent. Now you can get your hands on their products at a discounted rate by going to amass.com and using the discount code THEBESTSEATS15, that's C-E-A-T-S, at checkout. Now it's limited one per customer, so make sure you load up. But trust me, you can't go wrong with anything they're doing. I stand by Amass 100%. They're one of my go-to brands for spirits needs or anything around the house. So again, go to amass.com, that's A-M-A-S-S, and use the code THEBESTSEATS15 at checkout. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. I don't know about you, but 2020 had me re-looking at how I live and the space that I live in. Spending so much time at home really had me reevaluating how certain things worked and didn't in my living space. One of the main things, as an avid home cook and an obvious supporter of restaurants, was gardening. Anybody who enjoys food at all will be able to tell you that something you've grown yourself will taste infinitely better than anything you can buy at a store. That's where Ashley Irene of Heirloom Potager comes in. Heirloom Potager designs, installs, and maintains seasonal culinary gardens for chefs and foodies in Orange County. They provide organic gardening methods and bespoke build-outs used to preserve the heirloom varietals that they'll provide for seeds. An approachable and exciting endeavor, no matter if you're a seasoned restaurateur or a stay-at-home chef. Owner Ashley Irene's experience, expertise, and enthusiasm is only matched by her professionalism. For more information on how you can set up a consultation to get your own culinary garden space set up, go to heirloompotager.com. That's heirloom, H-E-I-R-L-O-O-M, potager, P-O-T-A-G-E-R.com today. Once again, that's heirloompotager.com. No, I, I I completely agree. I mean, the, the low ABV push is absolutely here. The the non-alk or, you know, whatever we end up kind of calling that scene is definitely here. Um, you know, depending on when people hear this episode, you know, I think it'll be two episodes prior to this one when this goes live. I just sat down with Morgan McLaughlin of Amass and they're really pushing, you know, the no ABV and, you know, really creating some very, very interesting things, you know, for a brand that, you know, builds itself on, Know, loving the Miami Vice and the daiquiri and, you know, God knows we all love a Negroni. What does the future look like from a creative standpoint, creating your products with a push towards low ABV or even no ABV? Because you're definitely not the first person I've talked to that has been in this industry a while. And they're like, I'm either not drinking that much or I'm just not drinking at all, but still being involved in the craft cocktail scene. And I think it's almost for people on the outside looking in, it doesn't make sense. It, it's like a you know, it's somebody on Wall Street living in a shack. It's, it just doesn't yeah. work. You're like, wait, that doesn't add up. So what does it do for you guys creative-wise now having this new avenue of low ABV and just straight up no ABV? Yeah, I think that's definitely like a personal, um, almost like a little battle inside me. It's like, you know, how, how do you justify not drinking but also still you know, being creative around cocktails and it is tricky, definitely. But I think first and foremost, you know, as a bartender, you know, you're selling booze, but I think it's just moderation. And I think it's something that kind of stems to like those conversations you have with your guests. Like, 
Hey, like, you know, maybe have, you know, this great cocktail that I come up with, but we don't need to have (laughs) 10 of them. You know, I think that is kind of the beauty of cocktails is, you know, people are kind of going out. um, In my mind, I think people are going out and having nicer cocktails and less of them than like, you know, when I was in college and you're going out and having 20 beers. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I think that's kind of where cocktails fit in. I think it's, I think during this past year, you've seen a lot of consumers and enthusiasts really picking up bartending because they're stuck at home. So they want to know how to make these drinks. They want to know why these things are important historically. And I think that's where I fit in and, and where we fit in is like, I love all the backstories. I think as a bartender, you love the historical aspect of these drinks and the ingredients. Um, but I think like, I want to add another level of like context to what we're doing. So, um, you know, it it may be fictional, but we're adding another layer, like with the Negroni week stuff we've done the past two years. Um, obviously the Negroni was invented by count Camillo in Italy. So we made up this like full backstory that, uh, the count was like an actual vampire and he like loved (laughs) Negronis and we kind of incorporated like the Dracula aspect of it and just gave it like a whole new life outside Mm -hmm. of, of just the traditional like story because at the end of the day, most of the like historical stuff that you hear is just BS made up by brands anyways. So why not make it a little more fantastical um, and fun? Cause at the end of the day, that's what we're here for. I got to ask about some of the, themed items that you guys make and obviously the major one and i know you talked about this on castro's podcast so for people who may listen to both first of all thank you for listening to this one but second of all the wu-tang is huge with mover and shaker co and then also obviously all of the recent stuff you guys have done like the the millennium falcon cocktail strainer but obviously like the wu-tang stuff i gotta Mm -hmm. ask for people that are new to mover and shaker co how in the hell did all of that come about because it's just awesome yeah i mean i wish honestly i could tell you i think i i I told the story in castro's podcast and i'm going to tell it here too because it's for me it's like i don't know it feels like a dream um obviously we've done some smaller like wu-tang inspired stuff in the past um you know me and matt my my old business partner we grew up skateboarding so a lot of skateboarding culture is music Mm -hmm. and um, so that's kind of played a huge role in like everything we've done here is taking like skateboarding culture and music culture and kind of, uh, mixing it with bartending. Um, but yeah, so when we started the strainers, uh, I really just wanted to do some like off the wall stuff, more like artistic stuff. Um, and so I actually made just like the Wu-Tang logo strainer, um, for a buddy, it was just like, Hey, could you make this to be super cool? I was like, Oh, that would be pretty sweet. So we did kind of a one-off of that. Um, and I posted a photo on Instagram. And so I guess, uh, somebody in, in the Raekwon camp saw that and sent it to him. But so I'm, I'm just like grocery shopping one day and I get this email on my phone and it was a little cryptic. It was a little, just like kind of looked like a scam. Um, and I thought I may be like a lawyer, like from mm-hmm. Wu-Tang Clan, maybe trying to like get some information uh, just because we did that like one-off strainer. Um, but I decided to respond to it. And um, 
it was basically just like, Hey, somebody from our camp really likes your work. Uh, they, they're interested in speaking to you. And you know, my client is Raekwon founding member of Wu-Tang Clan. So I'm like, I'm like, what, <laughs> you know, that's not like an email you get every day, especially as like a huge Wu-Tang fan. You're yeah. just like, this can't be real like at all. Um, so I searched like her name on like people that are following mover and shaker, just mm-hmm. expecting to maybe find like his agent was like following us or something. Um, and nothing popped up. So I was like, huh, weird. And I was like, well, I'll just search Raekwon and, and just like look at his page. And so when I searched Raekwon, you know, when it says like, if somebody's following you, it says follow back. Yeah. So I go to his page and it just says follow back. And I'm like, holy shit. Like <laughs> when did Raekwon start following us. So I'm like, okay, maybe this is like the real deal. So I email her back. Um, just like, Hey, yeah, totally. would love to talk, you know, whenever you're available. And, um, yeah, so she was like super attentive and she, we just kind of started talking back and back or uh, back and forth. And we set up a call, just me and her, and we talked and kind of just thought maybe she was like fishing for some numbers just to make a product or something. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, Hey, let me talk to Raekwon. I'll get back to you. And I honestly, I just expected nothing to come of it. I was just like, yeah, okay. Like, you know, I'm just like, nothing's going to happen here. And, uh, sure enough, I get another, uh, message and she's like, Raekwon wants to talk to you on Monday and uh, <laughs> at like 2 PM or whatever. <laughs> and I'm just like, Oh my God. Like, telling my business partner was like dude like Raekwon I give a call set up with Raekwon didn't sleep that much on Sunday night I take it yeah no (laughs) honestly I wasn't nervous I just I played his album a bunch because I wanted to be like you know if he like brings something up I want to be able to like oh yeah dude I love like that that line on that song or something um and just to like hear his voice so I know you know like when he comes on if like getting played or something but um sure enough, the, the time comes and we talk. And one of the things that was like really important to me on the call was whatever it led to, if it was like some sort of collaboration, I wanted it to be like, I didn't want him to be kind of like using our community for whatever he was kind of trying to do. Yeah. Um, and he was like, I told him all about the origins of mover and shaker, like how much we appreciated Wu-Tang clan and, and his solo stuff. And I wanted to really like tell a story and do something that combined both of our fan bases. And he was super attentive. Like he wanted to sell everything through our site. He wanted to push people to our site so that, you know, obviously we made money, but people knew about us. And, um, like we agreed to set up like the Instagram live, which was super awesome for anybody who didn't see. We, we were live for like 30 minutes with him and, and made cocktails and this is the middle of COVID. So, you know, he was at home and he's yeah. having like a glass of whiskey and uh, we made a cocktail based around one of his songs. And um, yeah, I, I remember, you know, I told this story too, but uh, I called my parents after that call and I was like, like, Hey, I just like, I'm, I just had this call, this, this amazing call with one of my favorite musicians, um, you know, Wu-Tang Clan, Raekwon. And, um, they're like, that's nice, honey. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no, you don't understand like Wu-Tang Clan, you know, it's like, mom, this is like if fucking Paul McCartney called you back, back in the day as a kid, you know, yeah. like Wu-Tang Clan is the Beatles of hip hop in my mind, you Amen. Know, the biggest group. Um, and you know, I laugh about that still. And I think they finally like kind of picked up on it once they saw like some of the publications that wrote about it and, and, um, did their own little like research. 
but you know, that whole situation and, and scenario was just amazing to kind of come full circle and kind of showed like people saw what we were doing and, and mm-hmm. appreciated it. Now that places are opening back up, bartenders are back behind the stick, even though pretty much, I would say this is probably nationwide. Everybody's short staffed. What does the future look like for you guys? I mean, are people back kind of buying apparel? You guys are obviously, you've done partnerships. Obviously, the hat that I'm wearing, which people can go check out at MoverShakerCo.com with you know Maxwell Reese, a.k.a. Beer Ghost, one of my favorite and funniest people on Instagram. You guys are doing collabs and kind of creations left, right, and center. What does the future look like for you guys? Are you slowing down at all, or is it just full steam ahead? It's full steam ahead. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's crazy. I think kind of the beauty of how the company just works in general is like I said, like we don't have investors. I don't yeah. have money tied up anywhere. So there's no pressure to just keep pumping stuff out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, I want to do just thoughtful stuff and stuff that makes sense for our community. And, you know, a lot of the stuff is like the timing is just right. Like with those hats, honestly, I just saw him wearing that on his Instagram one day. I was like, Hey man, like, can I buy one from you? And he's like, oh, I just made one. And I'm like, like, well, what if we made 50? Do you want to make more? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, so we did. And, like, we just sold a ton of them because people wanted it. Um, so I think that's, like, like I said, the beauty of it is we're just doing stuff that makes sense for our community. Yeah. And I'm not trying to force things down people's throats. Um, that being said, I am trying to do more stuff with brands because – I think we do hold a a powerful position in, you know, what we can show bartenders and then what brands can get from bartenders so that we're communicating those things that are important and, and doing authentic stuff. Because like I said, you see a lot of stuff from like agencies that are just making crap or pushing just cocktails that don't make sense. So if we can play a role in that and showcase, things that I think are important for a community, then that's what we're going to do. And that just, um, looks like, you know, with the most recent, like bigger release, the area One Fifty One stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, Gosling's was an amazing partner. So we put them on a recipe card. We use their products in the product shots and they were pretty hands off and like they loved it and we loved it and we showcased their products. Um, but we also made this like, like amazing merch that people could buy. So, you know, that's what's important to me um, is just keeping it authentic. So that being said, we're going to be doing like a ton of stuff for Negroni week. That's why I've been kind of quiet right now. Um, just that mid year kind of like lull. Yep. But the end of the year is just going to be, you know, cranking stuff out and, and kind of rebuilding stuff with like fall and winter merch. Good for you guys, man. You're out here doing God's work. Uh, Nick, I, I, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, I want to touch on, obviously, where people can find you guys on social and stuff like that. But I do have one last question. You mentioned that you're a big skateboarding guy. Obviously, this is an audio podcast, but you're sitting there in a Thrasher t-shirt. Favorite, skateboard, <laughs> favorite skateboarding film of all time? Oh, my gosh, man. This could be all day. So the, the cool part is Matt, that was my old business partner, he went to work for the skate park of Tampa, which is about three hours away. So I just went, um, I was just in Tampa and I went to the skate park of Tampa and got this shirt cause I wanted to support them. Um, man, dude, that's a loaded one. I mean, I love all the old classics like video days, the blind video. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think probably the most like pivotal skate video just because of like how old I am and the timing was yeah right because that just took things like to a whole new era yep yep like just the way we had um Owen Wilson in there and like some of the the green screen stuff they did was hilarious plus Dude, like skateboard video soundtracks are just always so good. And that's how I discovered so much music back in the day. Yeah. Uh, especially when you're like 12 years old and you're listening to like, <laughs> like people under the stairs or somebody like Del the Funky Homo Sapien. You're like 12 years old. Yep. Like some of those crushing bangers. I got to go. Uh, I, I got to say mine was always uh, Fulfill the Dream by Shorties. RIP that brand back Chad Muska in the old days. And I'll never forget all of a sudden there's a skate video and I'm just listening to cat Stevens. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, where did that scene come from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, man, there's so many good videos. Like the America videos were always awesome. Uh, flip, like they had just like three in a row that were bangers. Uh, toy machines always putting out good stuff. Zero. Yeah. And like, it's so cool how every brand has like their own image. Like you get a zero video, you know, you're getting like 20 stairs and giant handrails yep. and just like metal. And, um, yeah, like that definitely plays a huge role. I wish I'm just getting older. I can't afford to get injured like that anymore. Oh so, God. No, 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 Jesus. no, <laughs> no, Jesus. No, I, no, I like my ankles and I don't need my insurance premiums going up. I'm all right. I'll, I'll watch from the yeah. sidelines. Uh, I think there are a lot of skateboarders that kind of fell into bartending because there's yeah. a lot of that same creativity and that's what drew me into bartending too was like there's just so many elements to creating a cocktail you know taking inspiration all the spirits all the ingredients the presentation the backstory so i just fell in love with it from that and then to add like another element of adding like a parody of your favorite band and then putting it onto a shirt it was kind of just like that punk element of starting your own brand where like you can do whatever you want and we didn't have anybody to like tell us what to do. That was kind of liberating. And, you know, I'm just thankful that people really bought into it Yeah, and, you know, hopefully we just can keep doing this for years to come. And I'm just always blown away when I look at the Instagram and there's like 40,000 people following us. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. I'm, I'm proud. <laughs> I'm proud to be one of them, man. And hopefully it'll just keep growing. I, I love what you guys do. Uh, Nick, you're obviously a super busy guy and you're on East coast time. So I want to let you go and, and let you go enjoy your Friday. Um, if people do want to follow you guys and add to that 40,000, if they do not follow already and they want to check out the site, uh, where can people do that at? We're at mover and shaker co on Instagram. Honestly, that's probably your best bet for the latest updates. Uh, recently been a lot of memes just because I think that's what the industry needs right now is a good laugh. Yep. Um, but yeah, I promise we got a ton of stuff coming. I'm super excited. A bunch of things that are going to be really funny and kind of throwbacks to, to simpler times when you're younger, but, uh, appreciate you having me, man. This means a lot. Always, I can talk a lot, so I appreciate anybody giving me a chance, to. <laughs> um, but especially about the brand, because I think it's, I think it's important and, and connecting with you guys. So uh, trust me, you. man, the, the, the pleasure is all mine. So I'm, I'm, proud to know you and, and love what you guys do and proud to keep supporting and keep supporting friends in the industry behind the stick who are out there fighting every day. So I appreciate it, man. Thank, thank, you. thank you so, so much, man. I appreciate the time and I will definitely talk to you soon. Absolutely. Catch you later. Take care, brother.
Thank you, Nick, for taking the time to sit down. Um, you know, Zoom calls are always fun. You can't do them in person. I wish we could, but Florida is a little bit of a commute. So um, I know there was one hiccup in there when we kind of lost the connection for like five seconds or so. I didn't edit it because I thought it still was kind of valuable for the answer of the path that he was on. So sorry about that. There are hiccups that come with it. You guys know this is just the world we live in right now. So I hope that you are continuing to go out. I hope you are supporting bars or restaurants, however you feel safe to do so. Um, be good out there, man. I'm so grateful for Nick for taking the time. Thank you to the advertisers for this show. I could not do this without you. Thank you to everybody that supports on Patreon. I could not do this without you and your monthly support. Thank you to the people like Nick that are giving bartenders a, a voice beyond their own, you know, representing a t-shirt or a hat. It may not seem like a big deal, but it helps somebody be seen. It lets somebody know that their industry is there and there's people who've got their back. It helps friends identify friends and so on. So thank you to Mover and Shaker Co. for all they do, especially their charitable stuff. I will see all of you on the next episode. Stay safe, stay off Yelp, tip your bartenders, and I'll see you soon. Take care. The Best Seats Podcast is an original production of The Best Seats. It is written, edited, produced, and owned by myself, Crawford McCarthy, founder and principal of The Best Seats. It's based in Orange County, California. It is subsidized through generous monthly donations at patreon.com forward slash the best seats. The following are the names of those who subscribed at the highest monthly tier, aka norm status, and allow me to continue producing this show each and every month. As a thank you for their continued support, here are the names. Cheryl McCarthy, Serena Warino, George Pavlov, Eric Lutz, Pizza Guy 92, Loco Lipo, Tim Falk, Burrito No Rito, Jay Baker, Sarah Hines. Thank you for your support.